Welcome to the second episode of the National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation podcast. I'm Courtney Brace. The National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation, also known as NCDD, is a network of thousands of innovators who bring people together across divides to tackle today's toughest challenges. This podcast brings together members of the community in conversation about their work, as well as shares resources, tools, and discusses challenges in dialogic practice. In our first series of podcasts, we're featuring conversations that took place at the October 2016 National Conference on Dialogue and Deliberation. The conference brought together 350 innovators in dialogue and public engagement to discuss the opportunities and challenges to bridging the divides in our communities and nation. This episode features a conversation between past and present stewards of Conversation Cafe, an elegantly simple and open source process for dialogue. Kiva Hummel, NCDD's resource curator, speaks with co-creator Susan Partnow and past steward Jacqueline Pogue about the story of Conversation Cafe's creation and its history. This is Kiva Hummel. I'm reporting from the National Conference on Dialogue and Deliberation 2016. I'm joined here by Susan Partnow and Jacqueline Pogue. And we are discussing today Conversation Cafe and the recent stewardship by NCDD, the National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation. And we wanted to invite both Jacqueline and Susan here to give us the origin story of Conversation Cafe and your vision for Conversation Cafe and NCDD stewardship of that. So Susan, if you would uh, start us off. It was about 16 years ago now and actually got started by a beloved friend who has passed on since, Steve Habib Rose, who loved to create neighborhood connections. And I just think of him all the time because if only he could be alive now to see how we can do it with the internet, he would just be amazed. So he had this great idea after reading The Cultural Creatives that uh, we should be having conversations in a geographical basis. He was very neighborhood rooted and I thought that was brilliant. And he had this conversation with me and with Vicki Robin, who's the author of Your Money or Your Life. So the three of us had an experiment that summer and it was a lot of fun. I took one part of town, Vicki the other, and and Habib down uh, in another end. And of course people came, we were really thrilled and we realized, oh, what do we do? How do we do this? So we had a lot of different experiments. We tried a little open space kind of thing and and ended up more and more gravitating towards the very bare bones of dialogue process. Mm -hmm. And that's when we came up with this process. And I also want to honor another beloved, brilliant colleague who has passed, Margot Adair, pushed us to do the second round, which I've come to honor and understand is so essential for it to become a truly transformative conversation with new emergent ideas and creativity rather than just one round. So we we decided one night to gather at Vicky's house to talk about how to launch this and make it go, now we would say viral. We didn't know that word then. And we dreamed up this whole idea. We were really excited. We were going to create a website and get everybody in all neighborhoods. And when we woke up in the morning, it was the morning of 9-11. And it really felt divinely called for that that was the time that our nation needed everyone everywhere to be in meaningful, heartfelt conversation. So that's our origin story. And 
And when I think about this being turned over right now to NCDD, I'm so grateful. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's so amazing. And we'll talk some more about that. But it feels like this season, again, yeah. is a time when our whole nation needs to be in conversation. So it feels like very much right timing. So Vicki and I uh, are a little bit alike in that we love dreaming up projects, but we're not necessarily great at running them. And we did, we did struggle along for many years and finally got to a point where we just couldn't hold it anymore. And we found a wonderful comadre partner in Jacqueline. So mm -hmm. I'll turn the mic over to Jacqueline to tell that story. I, I was, uh, at that time in my life, my husband and I had partnered in lots of events and activities, and we had participated in the dialogue and deliberation conferences and various uh, future searches, open spaces, etc. But what I loved for me that really touched my heart about Conversation Cafe was it was simple to teach, and I really wanted to bring this to the youth of our community. So I took it to the University of Richmond and to Virginia Commonwealth University. And I had programs in both schools for teaching students free, of course. That's the other beauty of this model. There was never money. We never had to have books or ask for donations. It was just everything was offered free and given freely. So that was one of my first uh, goals or the part of the vision was to train a cadre of various ages of facilitators. So we also appealed to the, I don't know if you know of the Osher Institute, it's all over the United mm -hmm. States. It's for people over 50 who wanna go back to school and take courses in universities. And it's a program in many universities. So we did training programs with the Osher Institute. So people over 50 would be trained in it and then the, the youth in the universities mm -hmm. also. And then a part of the vision also was to partner with different organizations. And the first organization that we selected, because we already had a partnership with them, with my husband and myself, through filmmaking, was public television. Mm -hmm. So we proposed to them that we would take some of their documentaries and announce that a week later that documentary would be discussed in a community conversation cafe at the PBS studio. So we created an interaction and a relationship and trained people at PBS as well to facilitate. And so that was another piece of the program. And we found that a lot of the PBS documentaries were also relevant pieces when we did a series on racism with the city of Richmond. And we also did it with the counties, two of our counties, Goochland and Louisa. We also ended up finding that there were pieces of documentaries that we could show at these events that would spark the conversation. So we not only had questions and topics for Conversation Cafe, but we sometimes also used art and hot topics, and we also used documentaries as, mm -hmm. as the seed experience for people to come together, have the same experience, and then have the discussion mm -hmm. in various, and then that went into churches and various, mm -hmm venues in the community, libraries, etc. So that was the beginning. And then my vision further, of course, was to take it online as more and more things came online. And that began, we started an online presence and we, did, we didn't ever do online dialogues at all or conversation cafes. But what we did do was have a record of all the United States and the world 
all the various conversation cafes that they could connect with each other online mm -hmm. so that they knew about each other in various cities, various countries. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing that we were very pleased about. There was collaboration and sharing of the different dialogues that were happening. And of course, as life brings us surprises, what I had envisioned and hoped was not able to be completed in the sense that my personal life became, my husband became ill and other responsibilities came upon me that I could not carry out the vision. And I was thinking, oh, this is such a wonderful thing. It's free to everyone. Everyone loves it when we do it. The people who get trained in it are blown away by how, how it changes the dialogue, no matter what the topic really is. Mm -hmm. And that it changes. One of the things we found was that everybody assumed they knew what dialogue meant. Here we go, talking again. And a lot of people are very skeptical now about dialogues and talking. What we found was, wow, with these agreements, with those two rounds, with the talking object, and with this process of really opening the dialogue up for deeper conversation about things and pushing for deep, more depth and more understanding and heartfelt communication, we found that people all of a sudden realized they had never done dialogue before in their lives. It's really they, transformative. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's interesting because compared, for example, to World Cafe, which I also love, there's such a deep connection that arises in mm -hmm. the circle mm -hmm. and a sense of intimacy. So it really is community building and relationship mm -hmm. building and it works well in your church group. You know, when you have that stand around social hour, that's mm -hmm. so awkward. It's such a better enhancement. So there's mm -hmm. so many uses. Perhaps for our listeners who are not familiar with Conversation Cafe, would you briefly describe the process? Sure, I think that uh, Jacqueline just mentioned the highlights of yeah. it, that there are a set of very simple agreements. First of all, it's on a little, like a business, fold over business card, mm -hmm. which is my personal greatest achievement, I think, of my life, that we designed the entire manual to be this little pocket card. Because I feel like spreading it around I think of it as a conversational literacy movement. You can bring it to your, you know, Thanksgiving mm -hmm. is coming up. Just bring it to the table. Grab a salt shaker as your talking object. Mm -hmm. So you have the agreements, a very pre-round of who's at the table, what brought them there maybe, depending on the circumstance. Mm -hmm. And then there are two rounds using the talking object. Of course, you have to know what the topic is. And there's many different ways that could arise. Mm -hmm. There's lists on the website of a whole bank full of great topics. It could be what people show up with in that very first round, what's up for you. You could decide in the moment or you could launch a series. I know when Vicki was writing a book, she said, I'm having three months of conversation cafes on this topic and it really helped her workshop mm. her book. So many ways to choose the topic. The two rounds are with that talking object, which is really important to physically hold it really slows and deepens the process mm -hmm. because you know you could pause mm -hmm. to think. You know everyone's looking at you. Mm -hmm. Everyone's listening. After the two rounds, and, and again, the second round is so important because the first round we all come in with the same old thoughts and tend to say what was on our mind. We've heard ourselves say it a million times. By the time you listen, there's a lot of creative tension because you want to respond or mm -hmm. answer. But if you hold that for the second round, you start to get new thoughts and hear different things. And it's as though you were going to create a mosaic. You have a lot more tiles now to do something very different 
So something new will emerge. So after the two rounds, you lay that object down and now there's open conversation. And by now you've built a strong field of deep listening and respectfully speaking and listening. And the conversation is, I've never been disappointed. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And the uh, host needs to keep an eye on the time and maybe five or 10 minutes before the end, let people know. And then ask for people to reflect briefly. I like to have a little silence. You know, what are you taking from this? Mm -hmm. What really stood out for you? Could be what challenged or inspired or touched or moved you. Mm -hmm. Angelus Arian's great questions mm -hmm. um, of the Basque Four Rivers. Or uh, just what are, you, what are you leaving with? Mm -hmm. And so that practice of reflection is another really key capacity for us to all build and um, so then people check out with that and that's mm -hmm. the end of your cafe. The, the one other thing I just want to mention is we very intentionally call the convener the host. Mm -hmm. So it's non-professionalized. Mm -hmm. Anyone, if you can have people to your dinner table and have a lovely dinner, mm -hmm. you could be a host. It's free, please take this, brand it with your, you know, take the mm -hmm. card, put your own brand on it. And there are many ways to hold them. Mm -hmm. So for a while, it might be like, uh, for years, I had Monday nights at the coffee shop near my house. Mm -hmm. We were going to have a conversation cafe. So it could be a regular time or place. You can bring it to your workplace and do it at your team meetings. There's so many ways to use it. Mm -hmm. One of the things we did was called Conversation Week. And I would be so thrilled if that would get resurrected in, or evolved mm -hmm. somehow to launch that. So we got this idea as we were trying to figure out after the fall, you know, with 9-11 conversations, what's next? How do we move this further? And a friend, a marketing PR friend said, you need a focal event and recommended that we have a week. So there's lots of different ways to do it. And we evolved quite a great structure where we had before the conversation week, we involved the community in choosing the questions and now with there's so many amazing tools online so you get everybody engaged what are we going to talk about during our conversation week and so it's a time for everyone to get engaged across the country it could really lift up our whole field of dialogue and deliberation we had our panel today about something newsworthy it creates that focal event we could invite all the press come and join our conversations mm -hmm. that's just one hope that i have as well as creating a response network when events happen and our hearts are broken and aching together. How do we come together mm -hmm. to talk across our nation? And I think if we could gather our names of those who want to who have some familiarity and want to, mm -hmm. we could quickly activate this network so we could have those meaningful conversations. To build on, uh, in terms of uh, emergencies, whether they be by nature, floods, uh, storm, tornadoes, whatever, or by shootings or by issues in the community of maybe this election would be another example yeah, exactly. of, of healing that's needed or of, of connection that's really important for people to feel support. I think that, that one of the things we, we would look at is that I've been trained in trauma uh, for dealing with people in trauma or communities in trauma. And lately I've been thinking about how our relationship building, again, making partnerships 
with the emergency committees in neighborhoods where there's always a city emergency trauma center yeah. where, where when things are really bad in that community, there's a center of trauma people that go out in the community. And I was thinking that in addition to training them in, you know, just bringing food and clothing and all of the, the physiological things that people need and the psychological, but without without making it such a, it has to either be a trauma, like you're really traumatized, you need counseling. That's kind of a self-conscious thing for many people. They don't want a counselor, even though they've been traumatized. But Conversation Cafe would fit as another skill set just to bring a simple way of having a talk about this tragedy in the, in the community or in small groups. Mm. So I think of it as partnering also with emergency centers or with political mm. groups yeah. or various things that feel people feel really need healing absolutely over, as as another way to bring it together and also to demystify the word dialogue mm -hmm. like i said i think yes. so many people just assume they know and it's so different when they actually experience it they go oh i'd never done that before i thought yeah. i'd been in a million dialogues yes. so i think those are two things that are kind of tracks that i have thought about carrying it forward as well Mm -hmm. That's really beautiful. Thank you both for sharing. Is there anything else that you'd like to add at the moment in regards to Conversation Cafe or the relationship with NCDD moving forward before we part ways? I'm just excited and always available to help support it in any way or anyone anywhere who's mm -hmm. doing it. If they have a question or great story or a challenge, um, I still feel very invested in it and want to help nurture it along. As I say, I think it's really the foundation for a conversational literacy movement, mm -hmm. which means raising and lifting our emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. which I think will serve us so well on this planet mm -hmm. at this time. The other thing I think about with this literacy issue is that people often have, over the years that I've been steward, emailed me telling me they have a difficult person in the group, mm -hmm. or they have a challenge, or they don't know what to do when the situation arises. Um, with a with a challenging participant, say, mm -hmm. hosts who are having those. And I think that NCDD, and I would offer the same thing as Susan does, but to be cognizant that there needs to be a place, whether you pass it off to other people or you identify people, that would be available for a simple email to come mm -hmm. and to be able to respond to those people because there really is a need for that connection back. Mm. Well, actually, in... in our heyday, you know, when, the, when we had a very vibrant network across the country, because we were also involved for a while with Let's Talk America, mm -hmm. we would have monthly or quarterly meetings of hosts on phone. Mm -hmm. And that could be awesome mm -hmm. because then people get to share their stories and it motivates and supports you. And I know I'd certainly be happy to host those occasionally. Mm -hmm. And there may be other people so that, you know, as it grows, there'll be support to, to nurture it because there's a lot of energy and it, it's a wonderful way to build the dialogue community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and trainings online are easy too, to mm -hmm. do. Uh, but your website is great for offering training, materials, everything's free on the website. You can get anything you need on the website yeah. for conversationcafe.org. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. So moving forward, NCDD is going to be seeking those that are doing conversation cafes nationwide, but also internationally. So if you go to conversationcafe.org, please register your conversation cafe. We would love to know who is doing what, where, when, why. And also you can follow us on various social media platforms. You can join our Facebook group at Conversation Cafe. 
And also, you can join us on Twitter. Follow us at Convo Cafe. And that's going to be Convo underscore Cafe, to clarify. Um, and you can also probably find us through NCD's Twitter as well. So um, thank you all very much for listening. Thank you so much, Susan and Jacqueline, for sharing the space and sharing with our listeners more about Conversation Cafe and the future of NCD's stewardship of this process. This podcast was produced by the National Coalition for Dialogue and Deliberation. The episode was recorded and edited by Ryan Spencer. Special thanks to Barbara Simonetti for her support of this initial series. Get involved in this community by going to ncdd.org getinvolved or learn more at ncdd.org. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please share your thoughts in the comments or on social media using hashtag NCDD.